This is the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast, Episode 73. Late Night Internet Marketing. This week, we take a look at Week 2 of Rankings Institute and my big takeaway from the week, at least the big takeaway that I can tell you about. And we talk a little bit about Kuala Lumpur. Man, I'm having a great time there. All this and more on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. The Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. You've been working for somebody else, but you want a business to run yourself. You want to know how to start and where to begin. Can you get out your comfort zone, my friend? Yes, you can do it right when it's late at night. Broadcasting late at night from a little studio in the big state of Texas, your host, Mark Mason. Hey, hey, greetings from Kuala Lumpur, deep, uh, deep in Asia. How are you? I am your host, Mark Mason. I hope you are having an absolutely fantastic day. I certainly am. I just got back from my favorite restaurant in Asia. Actually, they're, they're available in the U.S. now. Din Tai Fung. Din Tai Fung is a restaurant that um, specializes in dim sum. And specifically, they have dumplings that I really, really like, so-called juicy dumplings, Zhao Long Bao. And for those of you that speak Mandarin, my apologies uh, for <laughs> for uh, mispronouncing that. Uh, I know that's incorrect, but it's it's as close as a podcaster from Dallas can get. Uh, when traveling. So yeah, I'm on the road and, uh, you know, audio quality is still a little hinky because I'm, I'm in my handheld configuration here in the hotel room, which is very echoey, but I appreciate you dealing with that. Speaking of the hotel room, I'm staying right across from the, um, Kuala Lumpur, uh, city center where these two big towers are. I've talked a little bit about this on the show. If you, if you're interested, I took a cool, iPhone picture of them all lit up last night. You can find those on the show notes at latenightim.com forward slash 073 for episode 73. And um, man, it's cool here. I just really like uh, like Kuala Lumpur a lot. The part that we stay in is very clean, very safe. The people are very friendly here in uh, in the city center complex and lots of shopping and good restaurants and just really a really neat um this whole area of asia is just really fantastic of course i just came from the wonderful country of the philippines and i tell you the cool thing about the philippines the thing about the philippines that i really like there is one of the hotels that we stay in the uh manila peninsula is one of the nicest hotels that i ever get a chance to stay in so that's really cool really enjoyed that so yeah i'm having a good trip in asia one of the things that struck me, it's kind of interesting, two things on this trip. This room that I'm in is directly across from another skyscraper. It can't be more than 50 or 75 yards away. Um, and that skyscraper is full of what you would call apartments. And the apartments are in three sections. It's very nice. Um, 
on the left hand side there's a there's a dining room in every apartment and in the middle there's a living area that goes all the way through with big windows floor to ceiling windows on both sides and then on the right typically um, where you can't see there's the bedroom wing so there's you know it's kind of one two three uh, in sections there with balconies all around and I've been watching these families, these uh, melee families, I presume, uh, living in these living in these houses. And a lot of times during the day, they have their curtains open, and I can see them, and they can see me. And you see them, and they're they're playing with their kids and getting ready for dinner. Last night, I saw a mom showing a young melee child how to set the table, and they were eating together as a family. And you know, it's just striking that when you know you look across this window on the other side of the world for me at least it's the this is the other side of the world and the people fundamentally are the same they have families they love their kids um, they pray to their god in many cases and but in the end they're just people and uh, you know it's kind of humbling just to see that little slice and to see that uh, you know that's all the all the kind of same thing so it's very interesting so that's the deep philosophical thought. That's something you don't usually get here on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast is deep philosophical meaning. So that's your dose of that for the next little bit. The other thing was when I was in the mall today, one of the things that I saw that uh, impressed me was uh, e-cigs. And, you know, this is a, a kind of a typical thing that I see that's kind of interesting. For you affiliate marketers out there, e-cigarettes are really hot in the affiliate space right now. And they're just coming to Asia. You know, there's still a tremendous amount of smoking in Asia. I think e-cigs are going to be huge in Asia. I think there's a really big affiliate opportunity for them here in Asia. Also, a big opportunity in the United States, although the market's starting to get a little bit crowded. But check that out. If you're looking for a new affiliate market to penetrate, you might look at e-cigs because um, like razors... Um, e-cigs have this model where not only do you need the e-cigarette, which is a pretty expensive item to begin with, you also need the refills. And so there's lots of opportunities for these flavor refills and lots of follow-on products in this market. So it's an affiliate marketing podcast. I think e-cigs are an interesting affiliate opportunity. And uh, you might throw that into your Google Keyword Planner or if, like me, you use Keyword Canine. You might throw in electronic cigarettes, e-cigs, and some other you know keywords that come to your mind into the Keyword Explorer in Keyword Canine and see what you come up with. I think you'll be surprised at how many people are searching for e-cigarettes. It's, it's really growing quite quickly. In fact, when you, when you do fire up Keyword Canine and you look at the keywords around electronic cigarettes, just the initial search turns up. Uh, over 400 keywords, the biggest one of which being, of course, electronic cigarettes with uh, 110,000 exact match searches per month. So that's a good, healthy market. There are other things that I like about e-cigarettes as a niche from an affiliate marketing standpoint, and that is one of them is that there's lots of keywords, there's good volume, but the other thing is that there's lots of specific name brands that you could target. So if you've got particular products, that's where a lot of these, as we've talked before, that's where you can find a lot of these keywords with commercial intent is around uh, keywords like buy, you know, V2 brand, 
um, electronic cigarettes and so forth. There's also lots of review rich keywords like best electronic cigarettes and so forth. There's lots of opportunity here. Here's the big takeaway that I I want you to to have from this though. And I, I don't, I don't mean to say that I have done extensive research on e-cigs and you should go out and buy a web, build a website on e-cigs. But I do mean to say this. You can be walking in the mall and see a kiosk about something that interests you. And you can write, write a note down about that in your iPhone. And then you can come home that night and you can do 30 minutes of research on, with using a, a sophisticated tool like Keyword Canine which you can find at latenightim.com forward slash KC, of course. You can look use keyword canine for half an hour and make a decision about whether or not it makes sense to attack that niche. And you can identify some keywords to go attack. And you can buy a domain name that night, get hosting and WordPress up and running that night, and order content like we talked about last week that night, all in the same day. Right. If you want to test working on something like e-cigs based on some idea you had in a mall, you can do that. And tonight, you could have a website up and running, content ordered, and some keywords in mind ready to go. Now, of course, there's going to be a lot of work to do after that. You're going to need to post the content. You're going to need to go find an affiliate program. You're going to need to write more content and build links. I'm not suggesting that you're going to work for 30 minutes and make money. I'm just saying... If you're one of those people out there that can't decide what to do, don't know where to start, really want to build a website, but you've never done it before, and you just can't decide what to do because you can't pick a niche or whatever, don't worry about it. Just go find something that you're interested in. Use a tool to analyze the keywords like Keyword Canine or Longtail Pro. Pick something that seems reasonable and get started. Getting started is, is most of the battle, and I think the e-cigarette example shows it's really easy just to get started. You can find most of the information you need right on the homepage of latenightim.com. And, of course, if you've got questions about getting started with your very first website, you can find me on the Facebook page and post them there, and I'll do my very best to help you. It's time to get to work. One night at a time. One night at a time. Okay, so as I promised, one of the things that I'm going to try and do for the next uh, six, seven weeks is every week of the Rankings Institute course, which I'm currently enrolled in, I'm going to pick the most important thing that Andrew and Alex have to say, the most impactful thing that I can reveal to you that doesn't, you know, and somehow violate the confidence or relationship that I have with Andrew and, you know, give secret parts of the course away. I don't want to give you the impression that this course is all about secret magic tricks. It's not. In fact, most of the stuff that um, Alex and Andrew talk about is known in pieces in some places, not all of it, but, you know, a great deal of it is, is good, solid, fundamental, white hat SEO stuff that's been known for a long time. The interesting thing about it is Alex has got enough data to know which of those things are actually working right now and which aren't. And one of the things that's important right now with Panda is user experience on sites. We know that. Google has told us that. And one of those measures is broken links on your site. You may be surprised to find out exactly how many broken links you have on your site. And if you have them, 
it is almost certain that Google is penalizing you in some way for those broken links. So what Google's thinking on this is well-maintained, well-taken-care-of sites that provide a good experience for the user don't have broken links. Why? Because if a user goes to your site and is looking for information and clicks on a link and that link is broken, that user is going to be disappointed in that experience and ultimately disappointed at Google for sending them to your site. And so Google, one of the things Google can do is crawl your entire site, which they do, and they can determine of all the links that you have on your site, either pointing internally or pointing externally, how many of them are broken. Now, as I've said, this is not anything new. We've known for a long time that Google is paying attention to broken links. And one of the ways we know is that if you register your site in Webmaster Tools, which I recommend, then Google will tell you under the crawl results section in Google Webmaster Tools how many broken links they have observed. Why are they tracking those? Well, the evidence seems to indicate they're tracking them because they're using them in the Panda algorithm or in related algorithms that assign a quality score to your site and tell Google that in the event that they think your site is a great site with lots of backlinks pointing to it and they think that they should return the site in the search results, there's some other things that they're checking and that have to do with the site quality, and one of them is broken links. So my recommendation to you and my takeaway from Rankings Institute course week two that I can share with you is you should check the broken links on your site. And the first thing you should check are the broken links that are reported in Google Webmaster Tools. And that's just the first place you should check because it's not clear to me that, you know, depending on whether or not your site is being crawled well by Google, which is a whole other part of the Rankings Institute course that teaches you all about crawling and so forth and how to optimize the part of your site that Google sees for, for the way that they want it to be seen. Um, assuming your site's being crawled well, you'll see most of your broken links. But if it's not, you might want to use some other tools to check. There's a couple of tools that I can recommend. Um, in addition to the Google Webmaster Tools interface, there's a really good program, uh, a plugin, sorry, for WordPress called Broken Link Checker. It's really easy to find if you go into WordPress and click Add Plugins and type in Broken Link Checker. It's going to be the, the top one on the list. And this thing will run in the background as a cron job and crawl your site periodically and identified links, broken links, and links as they break. And you might think, well, gosh, you know, I'm pretty careful about my links. I don't put broken, you know, I never create broken links. And I'll tell you what happened. I thought the same thing. And I um, ran some broken link checking on my site after Alex pointed this out to me on the latenightim.com site. I found 400, over 400 actually, broken links. And they were due to causes that I never even imagined uh, in most cases. One cause was that when I had migrated the website to the new server to improve the site speed, I had I changed from Apache. This is going to get kind of technical here. I changed from the uh, Apache 
web server to a new, more uh, recent web server called Nginx. And the implementation that was done with Nginx by my developer, there was a small error in the implementation. And any URL with the phrase PHP in it was not being served. So I had all of these URLs and, li and links for PHP Bay and PHP Auction and all that stuff that I've talked about many times, the thing that runs the corn sheller site, um, were broken. They weren't working. So that 404 um, error not only um, identified broken links that I know Google didn't like, it also identified broken affiliate links, which is really important, as you might imagine. So that was one source of link errors. The biggest source of link errors by far were user comments, sometimes from years ago, where either someone had left a link to their website in their, you know, in their comment profile in the header there where they tell you what their website is, or they had made reference to some link in the comments, which I had left in because the, at the time it was a helpful link, and that link was broken. And so it wasn't my content that was broken. It was the user-generated content on my site. And that was something that I never really thought about, certainly didn't think about managing that. Uh, but from Google's point of view, those are just links that are on your site that are pointing to stuff that doesn't exist. And so it's important to go through those one by one and the broken link uh, checker tool will help you identify those one by one and then uh, knock them out one by one. And sometimes you don't even have to leave the WordPress admin interface to get that done because of the way the broken link checker plugin works. So you'll find a link to that uh, plugin in the show notes as well at latenightim.com forward slash 073. Now the other thing, the other thing that I think you should do is in addition to Google Webmaster Tools, in addition to the plugin inside of WordPress, or in the case where you're not running WordPress, I recommend you use an external plugin to find broken links. Now there are paid websites that you can use like Link Tiger. I don't like to pay for stuff I don't have to pay for, probably like a lot of you. So I use an excellent program for the Mac called Integrity. So if you're running a Mac, um, I definitely recommend that you check out this, this program called Integrity. Um, there is another program for, uh, for PCs that's very popular. And, um, there's also, there's an open source one on GitHub. And there's, uh, also a popular one like Integrity. I can't remember the name of it and I wasn't able to find it easily, but I'm sure if you Google around you PC users out there, you will either find that program or get upset with your PC and buy a Mac. No, I'm just, just kidding. Um, I'm not one of those Mac zealot people. I do love my Mac, but, you know, I'm not going to judge you for using an inferior computer. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, okay? Don't email me. I'm kidding. So anyway, that's what I recommend. I recommend that you um, look at Google Webmaster Tools. You use the broken link checker. And you use an external device, an external tool like Integrity, to analyze your site for broken links. And I recommend that you work to remove each and every broken link on your site. What impact will that have with Google? Well, it will remove one of the problems in a long list of things that Google checks that 
may cause Google to penalize your site. I am not saying that if you remove broken links that you will immediately shoot up to the top for whatever you're trying to rank for. But I am saying that there's a list of things that Google looks at when they're trying to decide how to rank your site. You should, rem you should fix everything in that list of things that Google cares about. And broken links is one of the things that we know they care about. So you should put that on your list of things to do. Check it periodically and make sure that you don't have broken links at your site on your site. You don't want to give Google any excuses when it comes to pushing your site down in the rankings. So if you like that information and you're interested in the, that kind of information, I definitely recommend that you head over to the, the Rankings Institute website at latenightim.com forward slash RI. Sign up for the mailing list. Andrew, when he relaunches that, usually he sends out some pretty good, helpful information in the form of webinars and reports and other kinds of stuff that's useful. Even if you don't buy the Rankings Institute course when it re-releases in the future, I, my honest opinion is that you'll benefit from being on Andrew's list. He doesn't mail to it that much, and uh, particularly that those pre-launch lists like that are usually chock full of helpful information. So definitely recommend that you head on over to latenightim.com forward slash RI and tell them Mark sent you. Okay, speaking of Facebook and the Facebook fan page, I wanted to make an apology to to one of the listeners, Paul, boy, Paul, I, I don't know about this last name, man. When people jam the letter Z next to otherwise perfectly good consonant, consonants, I get really confused. Dzelinski, how about that? Uh, I, I'm sorry, Paul. I know that's probably totally butchered, but you got to remember I'm from Texas and we don't have fancy words down in Texas. So um, Paul, Back in January, Paul dropped me a note, and it got buried in the Facebook stream, and I missed it, and I apologize, Paul. He was asking a question. It's a pretty common question. It's a really good question about affiliate marketing. He's interested in doing some affiliate marketing in, in, in a particular niche that's got a really high, um, really high ad value, really high uh, price per click, and wants to know if he should do affiliate marketing or AdSense or both? So that's sort of the question is, should, what, how do I decide whether to do AdSense or affiliate marketing? Now, there's, there's, there's no specific rules, but I'll tell you the way I usually think about it and explain to people when you're trying to decide whether to do affiliate marketing or AdSense. For affiliate marketing, I think you know, if you're going to create a content website, and, and let's be specific about this, in every case, what we're talking about is creating content, people finding that content in the search engines, and then you converting their visit to your website into a click to a product and a sale or a click to an AdSense ad. That's what we're talking about. In the case of affiliate marketing and trying to decide what to do, I usually recommend that you target products with affiliate marketing if your site is going to be about solving a problem with a particular product. So, for example, if you're curing psoriasis or um, solving someone's particular automobile problem 
with a with a gadget that you need to sell or something like that. If there's something that you're trying to con- where where you're what's really in your mind for your ideal visitor is that they will convert to a product to solve a problem, then I recommend that you go ahead and do affiliate marketing for that because usually the commissions that you'll get in with the person purchasing the product directly through your affiliate link are going to be higher than the ads that you make, uh, the, the money that you make with Google AdSense. If they first click the Google ad, you get paid. Then they go to find some product that they were looking for and buy it. Usually, you will be able to make more money if you directly target the keywords and they buy from your site. Now, this is worth testing. The times that I would use AdSense and almost never use affiliate marketing is when you're targeting something that's informational. So if you're in a niche and it's 10 tips for how to buy uh, real estate, for example, there's not a real product. Those aren't product keywords. So um, so AdSense is, is where you want to go. And in some cases, you know, the, the question always comes up, should you mix them? And my general response is no. You should decide what you're going to do. If you're going to promote the product, you should, you should build a website around that product, create content that answers people's questions about that product and drives them back to the product every time. You shouldn't drive them off your page with AdSense. I will tell you also that when you create a content website with AdSense, your bounce rates will go up because obviously you're driving people off the site with the AdSense click uh, as quickly as possible. In fact, that's your goal. You're going to put the AdSense ad at the top of the content before they've even read the content. You're not pre-selling them or anything. You just want that click. So your bounce rates are going to go up. That's going to make your website harder to rank because Google as part of their quality scoring is going to see the higher bounce rate. That's not the only thing they look at, but that doesn't help. So, you know, for I, the only time I like to use AdSense is when it's just a purely informational site. There's no, uh, there's no real product involved here. And then, in, in in particular niches, it, what's going to matter is details of the particular offer that you're going after. What's the conversion rate? Does the ad really convert? Does it convert better than the AdSense ad? Um, and what's the conversion rate of the affiliate sales page. And, you know, so there's, there's lots of things that play in here, but typically I don't recommend that people mix these because really all you're doing is diluting your opportunity to, um, to get that better affiliate sale. Having said that, Paul, uh, the caveat is uh, you'll, you have to test. And the truth of the matter is, since I've already got an opinion on this, I don't test it very often. And what I can tell you, though, is that people that I know that do this uh, stuff all the time, they that I know, like, and trust, and respect, and so forth, they also say the same thing. They say, don't mix these. You're either doing one or the other, and usually the best thing to do is um, affiliate marketing. Now, another caveat to this is if you're a, the kind of person, this doesn't sound like what Paul had in mind, but... If you're going to create 100 sites, then AdSense can be beneficial because adding AdSense to a site is very, very straightforward. Boom, and you're done. Adding affiliate offers to a site 
takes more work. You've got to register for the affiliate program, find the affiliate link, embed it contextually in your content. At least that's a best practice that you need to be doing. Install banner ads, maybe split test the banner ads, all this kind of stuff for affiliate marketing that if you do AdSense, you don't have to worry about all that. You just put the AdSense ads up and maybe you might change the ad size or the, or the link color, but actually most of those things are known what converts the best. So AdSense is easier. And if you're trying to scale a hundred sites or a thousand sites, then AdSense can make sense for that reason. So Paul, I hope that helps you out. And I'm sorry that um, I didn't get an answer to you more quickly. Um, but if you have further questions, you can sure uh, check, you can sure put them in the comments at latenightim.com forward slash zero seven three. All right, guys, that about wraps it up for me today. I have got a couple of more days of meetings here in Kuala Lumpur, and then I am on a plane, <laughs> circuitous route back to Dallas through. Taiwan and Narita and, you know, headed back over the big water, uh, going back to Dallas. So I'll be back in Dallas next week. Looking forward to that. And I'll have another episode of the podcast for you then. And I really look forward to talking to you pretty soon here. I'm going to be doing a user question episode, a whole episode of user questions. So if you've got questions, go over to latenightpodcast.com and you can leave your question there. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to play your voice on the show, answer your question, plug your website. So if you've got a question, uh, let me know. You can also leave me a voicemail on the listener feedback hotline at 214-444-8655. That's 214-444-8655. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you soon. You can do it right when it's late at night. You've been listening to the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. Be sure to visit latenightpodcast.com today to leave feedback for Mark. Download special bonus content, access the show notes, and more. See you there. Until then, then, go and make some great progress on your internet business. One night at a time. One night at a time. Okay, so this has been a great trip, and I have had so much good food, and there's still some more good food to come. But today at lunch, man, I told you guys, I I went to this uh, Den Tai Fung place. Oh, my gosh. I had the Xiaolong Bao, and uh, there's the pork ones. They were really good. Um, the crab ones are good usually, but they weren't great today. They were just good. Um, and then also they had uh, chicken ones today that were just fantastic. Um really good. But in addition to that, they have some stir fry dishes. So usually what we do is we order, you know, a bunch of dumplings, their hot and sour soup there is fantastic. And then we add in some stir fry. And one of the things they had that I hadn't ordered before, they had sweet and sour chicken. And in the U.S., sweet and sour chicken is just, in my opinion, it's awful. My apologies to you if you, if you like sweet and sour chicken. But in, in the U.S., it's this heavily fried mess with this soupy, syrupy, funny colored pink sauce. And it's just 
doesn't seem very Asian to me. Maybe that's why I never liked it. Boy, this uh, this sweet and sour chicken at, at, at Dentai Fung was really good. The sauce wasn't overpowering. It had a little chili pepper to it and was really good. So Dentai Fung, my understanding is they're definitely in L.A. and maybe also in Seattle. So if you're in the L.A. area uh, or in Seattle, I definitely recommend that you check out Dentai Fung, one of my favorite places. Have a great day. I'll talk to you when I'm back over the big water. Hey, it's Mark again. I wanted to tell you one more time about this absolutely free resource that I have for helping people who are trying to get the big picture for internet marketing actually get started and understand what all their choices are. If that's not you, there's no more content. You can skip to the end. But if you're someone who came to this podcast because you're searching for how to get started online and you just can't cut through all the noise, I get it. That was me. In 2007, when I was trying to get started, there were so many people throwing offers at me that I really couldn't even understand what all the different business models were. I couldn't understand how money moved around on the internet, and I couldn't really get a grip on what direction I wanted to go in so I could figure out how to move forward. I've created a free video resource for you just for that purpose at latenightim.com forward slash explain. In several short videos, I just explained to you what internet marketing is all about and what online business is all about and the different options that you have for starting an online business. There's nothing to buy there. You just sign up for access and you get the videos just like that. So if that's interesting to you or if you know someone who's in the same situation, send them that link, latenightim.com forward slash explain. And let me know what you think. I'd love to hear what people are thinking that are in the exact same position that I was in more than a decade ago in 2007. In some ways, it seems like yesterday. And in some ways, it seems like an entire lifetime ago. Again, that's latenightim.com forward slash explain. Late night internet mom.